return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Welcome Isaac Tafur tonight. He's going to give us the word, so let's welcome him as he comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we bow our heads and take a prayer? We bless you, Lord, and honor you for tonight. We are grateful, and we give you all the glory for such a wonderful gathering. Once again, we meet each other face to face in your presence. It's so wonderful, and we give you praise. We exalt thy name. We ask that you take preeminence in today's gathering. It is our prayer that you speak to us in a special way. It's our prayer that you use me as a vessel to bless your people tonight. At the end of the day, may all glory and honor be ascribed to your name. We thank you for tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, we give God glory for tonight. And um, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to see Pastor Randin. Um, good to see you. We thank God and bless um, Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie for giving us this wonderful opportunity to share the word of God. So tonight we'll be talking about reaching our world with the love of God. And I, I believe that we are in a month of love. And, and yes, and on Sunday, Pastor Dave, you know, gave a very powerful message about love in action. So it is just like a follow-up and a continuation to that message. And, and the apex of, you know, expressing love in, in, in this month of February is normally on the 14th of February, you know, called the Valentine's Day where people, you know, express their love, and express, you know, their affection for their loved ones in diverse ways, you know, in diverse ways. Some go to the extent of buying expensive, you know, gifts like houses and, you know, cars and perfumes and all that for their loved ones, just to show that they love them. You know, others buy simple things like flowers, you know, cards. They write nice words, you know, to show how they really appreciate their partners. Others go on dates, you know. They, they spend some time, like I know Pastor Randin and his wife took some time off. It is all good. And, and, and when you go, go to social media, you see people posting pictures of their loved ones on that day to tell the world that they really cherish, you know, this personality. And all these are very good, you know. It's good to express love. It's good to show love. Because God is love. And, and, and as much as we do all these things, in the same vein as, as, as a church and as Christians, we also ought to demonstrate our love to the world. Yeah. You know? and, and, and one way we can really demonstrate authentic love to our world is reaching them with the gospel, yeah. reaching them with the message of Christ, reaching them with the word of God. You know? and, and when you look at all these gifts I've mentioned, it is only the gospel, it is only the message of Christ that has eternal value. You know, it is only that that has eternal value. Bible says that everything in this world will pass away, but the word of God abides forever. You know, and in the word of God, in the book of John three sixteen, very popular. You know, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You know, and I like how the Amplifier puts it. Said that God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. And because of this great love, you know, he gave his only begotten son. So, so, you know, we ministering Christ to our world, we telling people about Jesus, letting them know about the love of God, is the best gift we can ever give to the world. You know, because Christ is actually the demonstration of God's love. So when you reach, when you reach out to a friend, when you reach out to a brother, you tell the person, God loves you. You practically demonstrate, you know, the life of Christ for him or her to see. What you are doing is that you are, you are depositing something that is eternal in the person. And, and I believe that in this month of love, even as we show affection and do all these things, let us not forget our world. And when I talk about our world, I'm not talking about like Asia, Africa. Your world is the sphere around you. Your home, your workplace, you know, your school. Everywhere you find yourself is your world. We ought to demonstrate the love of God. And I was reading something on, on, on LinkedIn. So there is this platform called LinkedIn. It's a professional platform where people put, you know, their qualifications and all that. And they also network with other people. And then I read a friend's quote. He said that more grace to all who were, who were not bequeathed any inheritance and have no support, no support system. God bless your hustle, you know. So in this world, we have two different kinds of people. There are people who come from very wealthy homes, and their parents, you know, leave them inheritance. And they're able to start life, you know, on a rosy note. And there are some people whose parents were not well off enough, you know, to get them, you know, these inheritance and properties to start off. So this message was going to those people who don't have any support system, who don't have any inheritance, you know, to depend on, who are starting life all by themselves. And he was just saying that God should bless them, okay? And I was just thinking about this, and I realized that in this world, even, even in the life of believers, there are people who, who don't um, appreciate their appearance enough. They try to compare themselves with other people, thinking that their parents did not live a good life enough to leave them, you know, a heritage or something that will give them, you know, a stepping stool to stand on. And because life is difficult for them, they keep on complaining, you know. It is good. It is good to have a wealthy parent. It is good to have inheritance. It is good to have all these things to start off life. In fact, Bible actually endorses parents leaving an inheritance for their children. When you read Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, Bible says that a good father leaves an inheritance to his children. So Bible endorses it. But, you know, the best gift a parent or the best inheritance a parent can ever give a child is not material possession. It's leading the child or the kid to Christ. That is the best gift you can ever give your child. So, so it doesn't matter the life my dad lived. It doesn't matter the life my mom lived. If they introduce me to Christ, I believe that is the best gift I ever have. You know, because Christ is actually our solid rock. Christ is actually our anchor. So in times of challenges, in times of difficulties, when people who have been bequeathed with all these glamorous things, you know, are committing suicide, are in a state of depression, are failing, are falling, you who didn't have anything but has Christ, you are standing on a solid ground. You are anchored. 
And you can face the storms. You can face the winds when they come. And in the same way, just as, you know, parents leave Christ, you know, as the best gift to their kids, as believers, as a church, the best gift we can also give to our world is to minister Christ unto them. And that is the greatest love we can ever give. It is, all, it is the only gift that has value in time and in eternity. It is the only gift that has value in time and in eternity. Okay, so when we demonstrate love to our world, most often, you know, it, we, we think about, you know, standing in the public and proclaiming the name of Jesus. Telling everyone that Jesus loves you. It's good. It is one way of reaching our world with the love of God. But you see, one other way, which is also very effective, is demonstrating it in action. And that is what Pastor Dave preached about on Sunday, love in action. You know, so it's not just about the words we speak, but also our deeds and then our actions. And, and the world will not believe our talk unless we walk the talk. You know, they, they will not believe what we say unless we practically demonstrate it to them for them to see that indeed we serve a God. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, the Bible says something, you know, that we are written epistles. Okay? Say that you are, you, are, you are a letter written in our hearts, recognized and read by everyone. You know, so we are not just believers. We are not just, you know, called to come and sit in the house of God. Actually, the spotlight of the world is on us. You know, the world is actually has recognized us. The world is watching us. And they are reading us. So we, are, we may not be books, we may not be, you know, pieces of literature, but even as we live, even as we go about our day, even as we, we live in our homes, even as we interact in our workplaces, even as we find ourselves in our sphere, the world is actually putting a spotlight on us. And what the world is doing is that it is looking at us and it is reading us to see whether we can actually express the love of God we profess. And, and that is what God actually expects from us. So the world is not only listening to our message of God's love, but they are also watching and reading to see if we, God's love is actually at work in us. And, and the only way our testimony can be complete, the only way our testimony about Christ can be effectual, is when we are able to blend our talk with our work. When we're able to, you know, tell somebody that Jesus loves you, and then we demonstrate practically the life of Christ in our day-to-day activity. That is the only way, when we reconcile these two, when we marry these two, that is the only way the world is actually going to believe us. So we cannot preach about God's love when we hate our neighbor. We cannot preach, talk about God's forgiveness when we bear grudge against our brother or our sister. When we have an unforgiving heart towards someone. We cannot talk about the fact that Jesus cares and Jesus is compassionate when we ourselves are not compassionate and thoughtful towards our brothers and our sisters. You know, and, and, and sometimes believers you know, don't, don't understand the feelings of others. You know, people intentionally and deliberately step on the toes of others just to hurt them. That is not the life of Christ. That is not the love of Christ being demonstrated. The you know, Bible says something in the book of Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. It talks about how compassionate Jesus Christ was. He said that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, Jesus Christ, you know, comes to the world and Bible says that he starts his ministry 
begins to minister to people. You know, he has multitudes of people. He ministers the word of God to them. He teaches them about the kingdom of God. Not only did he teach them the kingdom of God, but he actually felt what they were going through. He actually had compassion towards them. He, 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 he knew the situation and the state they found themselves in. When you look at the life of the Jews at that time, you know, when you read scriptures, the Bible says that they were under the, the Roman you know, government. And politically, it was not too good for them because they were burdening them. The Roman government was really burdening the Jews. And their only source of hope was their religion. And even their religion failed them. The reason why their religion failed them was because the religious leaders who were the scribes and the Pharisees were also worse off. You know, they were supposed to, you know, give them some, some kind of, you know, peace. They were supposed to, you know, palliate them. They were supposed to speak words of encouragement to them in their times of adversities and their times of difficulties. But they were the same people who were, impo- who were imposing, you know, strong weights on their neck. You know, these Pharisees, they, 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 they were not humble, you know. They were so much full of pride, they despised their own people. They thought they were even better off than them, you know. And, and, and they never loved their people. And any time they knew the scriptures, they knew the commandments, they would not follow the commandments. They only follow the commandment when it, you know, it, it, it worked for them. That was only when they would follow their commandments. But they were always looking forward to the fact that their people obey the commandments. So, you know, they held their people to the full rigor of the law. If you commit adultery as a woman, you'll be stoned to death. They will make sure it is enforced, you know. So, the people had no hope, politically and spiritually. They had no hope. So, when Jesus Christ was actually ministering to them, the Bible says that he felt what they were going through. He had compassion for them. Because he realized that politically they were harassed and spiritually they were helpless. He was the only source of hope for them. And, and, and that is the Jesus you and I are following. And that is the life we ought to demonstrate towards people. Have compassion towards people. You know, that is God's love at work. You know, when people are going through challenges and difficulties, we should feel it as children of God. These Pharisees, you know, the, the, the sidelines and people are sinners. Drunkards were sinners, tax collectors were considered as sinners. Anybody, you know, in any wayward lifestyle was cut off. And that was how the Pharisees, you know, saw the people. And even when Jesus Christ came and he was having compassion towards them, dining with them, you know, making them feel good, teaching them the word of God, giving them some, some, some source of hope, Bible says that even the Pharisees were angry at Jesus. That why would he come and then he would be mingling himself with all these kind of riffraffs. But Jesus still loved them, cared for them, and had compassion for them. And it is my prayer that even as we, we are in this month of love, and even as we've been called into this ministry of love as children of God, no matter the situation, no matter where we find ourselves, let us demonstrate care and compassion. Let us love people no matter who they are. You know, so we ask ourselves, if we really want to you know, show the world the love of God, are we really doing it? You know? That, that, that person who is called a sinner in your workplace that everybody is looking down on, how do you relate to that person? Do you care for that person? Do you pray for that person to be saved? Do you share the gospel with that person? You know, most, of, most often as Christians, we like to talk about matters, but we show little concern. You know, when we see that things are wrong, oh, we'll just talk about it. She's bad, she, he's dad, and he's dad, and he's dad, and he's dad. But if indeed we want to reach out to our world with the love of God, we have to provide solutions by praying in our closet for these people. 
By sharing the word of God with them. By caring for them even though the world is rejecting them. And that is the love of God at work in our world. And, and Jesus, if you realize the story of Jesus, you realize that he was not only interested you know, in teaching them and just gathering them, so they call him rabbi. You know, people like titles. The mere fact that he has followers, you know, praising him, giving him accolades, calling him rabbi and master, will make you feel good. But that was not the ultimate purpose of Jesus Christ. As much as he, he, he's a rabbi and that he actually deserved the name master, you know, he was not just interested in lording over the people. Bible said that he even met the needs of the people. He met the needs of the people. When you read Matthew 14, 13, and, and 13 to 14, Bible says something. He said that when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. So Jesus was actually demonstrating practical ministry. It was not just about talking about the kingdom of God. It wasn't just about preaching so that the people come into repentance. But he was actually acting the love out. He, he acted it out. He, he met their need. You know? and, and, and most often we, we preach the word of God. Most often we want people to you know, come to Christ. Most often we profess the gospel. But the question is, sometimes we also ought to meet the needs of people when we can. You know, when we can. We ought to meet the needs of people when we can. So do we help people when we are in the position to help them? As children of God. And how sensitive are we to the needs of, of, of others? There is this adage that says that people don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care. And that is practical ministry. That is the life of Christ. That is the life of Christ. In the book of Matthew chapter 15 verse 32, the Bible says that Jesus walked with you know, these multitudes for about three days. You know, he was ministering to their needs. He was preaching the word of God to them. He was telling them about the love of God and all that. But it got to a point in time, he realized that they have been with him for like three days. And no one had eaten. At that point in time, their need was food. And, and, and he, he said something, which is very remarkable. He said that, now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have, I have compassion on the multitude because they have continued with me three days. And have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry. Lest they faint on their way. You know. This tells you about somebody who cares. Tells you about somebody who, who, who really wants to meet the need of the people. And when you read down there. That is where the Bible talks about. Um, the miracle of feeding the 4,000. You know we have the miracle of the 5,000. And then we have the miracle of the 4,000. And then he called for some loaves. And then fish. And then he prayed over it, and then it multiplied, and then he met their needs. When he read down there, the disciples were actually telling him that he should move, you know, send them away to the, to the town for food. But because he cares, because he had so much compassion, he knew he could minister a miracle. He knew he had the capability to solve their problem. You know, and there, there are times, sometimes, you know, people are in need and they, they come to us, you know, we tell them Jesus' love is going to be well. But God has actually given us the solution to their problems. You know, and then we, we, we want them to go and then we'll be praying about it. And sometimes we worry God with so many prayer topics that we ourselves, God has made our solutions to. You know, Jesus knew he could meet their needs. So not only did he minister the word, not only did he profess the word, but he demonstrated it. He provided what they needed. 
So it is my prayer that God will put us in the position to help others when we can. When we can. And, and these are some of the ways we, can able, we will be able to win a lot of people into the Christian fold. So he ministered. Now, most often, in most of the churches we have, have become like exploitation arenas. You know, all that the most leaders care about is gather the masses and then they preach uncooked, unbalanced message to them. You know, they don't even care about the needs of, 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 of their members, even when they are in a position to help physically, when they are in a position to help, you know, spiritually. All that they need is to gather them and then offerings and all that. I know Holy Life Tabernacle is not like that. But I, I, I know where I'm coming from, you know, especially in Asia and Africa and those places, we really have charlatans, you know, people who are, who are actually sucking the life out of their members. They are not really depositing any spiritual seed in them. When you read scriptures, the Bible says that the ministry of the shepherd is to deposit spiritual seeds. That was why Paul was saying that if I've been able to deposit spiritual seed in you, is it, is it a problem for me to, you know, reap, you know, physical blessings from you? It means that as, 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 as believers, as, as men of God, as people of God, we ought to deposit something spiritual in people. We don't need to exploit people. Jesus was not exploiting the people. He preached the word. He was the word. And he actually ministered to their needs. So let's not just talk. Let's also act. Love in action is very, very, very important. You can even have Christian employers who are, who are, who are giving bad conditions of service to, to their employees. You know, their, companies are, their company is booming with so much money, they can meet the needs of their employees. And as a Christian you know, employer, you should know better. You put yourself in the shoes of these people. They have families to feed. What do you, you have to have compassion for them. And sometimes in Africa, you see some of these Christian employees throwing, you know, parties, expensive parties, you know, doing so many stuff, whilst their, their, their workers, their employees are suffering. That is not love at work. That is not love at work. That is how we win people to Christ. So we ought to really demonstrate practical Christian ministry. Now believers in the church has become more religious than being Christ-like. The church has become more religious than being Christ-like. And when you read the book of James chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says something about pure and genuine religion. So pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Yeah. So you know, when you read other versions, the last part that talks about refusing to let the world corrupt you, you say that, you know, don't defile yourself. And it looks as if the, the, the church is so much fixed on the last part. The church is, 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 not, is not ready to mingle themselves with sinners. The church is, 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 or believers of today, are so glued that they don't want to mingle themselves with sinners. And they are leaving the most important part, which is the first part. You know, so sometimes we over-spiritualize to the point in time that we fail to even hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. There are matters that are very simple, but we complicate it. You have two million clothes in your closet. A brother walks around in tattered clothes. You keep on talking about it. This guy should change. He should get a better cloth. He's always wearing this tattered cloth. You keep on talking about it. You keep on talking about it. And sometimes people even take it into their prayer room to pray for that person. Meanwhile, God has made you a solution to the person. You can just give a dozen you know, clothes to the person and the person will be, will be okay. That is how we 
rich to our world, you know, with the, with the, with the, with the love of God. You know, last time I was talking about the story of a boy whose, whose father was a pastor. And every time they had morning devotions at home in the morning, they prayed. They prayed about martyrs, you know. And, and, and there was this man who was a beggar who sat in front of their gate. Every morning, they passed by and saw the man. And they kept on, you know, praying for the man during their morning devotion. And one day, the boy, you know, after going through Sunday school and then growing up, he said that, Father, we've been praying this prayer for too long. God is not going to listen to us. The solution to this person's problem is in your pocket. He knew his father was in a position to help the man. You know, so sometimes we over-spiritualize things. Sometimes we burden God with so many prayers. But the solution is with us. Sometimes you just need to smile at someone to make the person feel good. Sometimes you just need to tap the person on their back to say that, well done. That makes the person feel good. You know, sometimes we, we, we over-complicate things. And, 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 and at the end of the day, we reap no blessings out of it. So let's be discerning as children of God. Let's allow the Spirit of God to minister to us. Just as God has made Jesus Christ the solution to this depraved world, God has made you and I the solution to someone's problem. The solution can be a prayer into the person's life. The, 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 the solution can be just $5 bill to that person. The solution can be like two shirts or two pants to that person. And through that, the person actually understands the love of God and would love to follow the God you serve. That is how we practically, you know, you know meet the needs of our people with the, with, the, with the love of God. So let's be compassionate. Let's be compassionate. And that is what Christ would have done. That is what Christ would have done. So the true mark of a child of God is loving and caring for others. Most of you people say that I'm a child of God, but they lack love. When you read the book of First John chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, the Bible says something. He said, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and love and is a child of God and, know, and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if you really want to know somebody who is a child of God, the Bible says that. The person who is a child of God is somebody who loves. So, when we love people, it is actually the true demonstration that we are actually children of God. You know, when you, when you, when you look at the DNA, anytime people want to confirm, you know, their paternity, they want to confirm the fact that maybe this child is my child, you know, you have to do a DNA test. And when there is a match, you know that indeed this is my child. In the same way, the DNA of God is love. So when we are screened, God wants to see love in us so that indeed we are seen as the children of God. So we cannot say that God is our father. We cannot say that we are children of God when we do not bear the DNA of God, which is love. So it is my prayer that God will you know, spark love in our spirits so we'll be able to love even when it is difficult to love. There are times and there are some, there are times and there are some situations that that really pushes us to the wall and, and, and makes us feel that we cannot even love. But it is the Holy Spirit who enables us to love as God wants us to love. And when you read the verse 11 to 12, the Bible says something, First John 11 to 12. So that, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has, no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, 
God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. We have not seen God, right? But if we love each other, God, is, God lives in us. So people see God in us. You know, people are not going to have an image of God in their dreams. God is actually at work in us when we demonstrate love. So if you want to minister God's love to your world, to your sphere, to your workplace, to your home, everywhere you find yourself, just demonstrate love. Even as you demonstrate love, even as you show care, even as you show compassion, people are actually seeing God at work. That is how people will see the full expression of God in us. And one thing about God is that God does not discriminate. You know, God, Bible says that even when we were yet sinners, God, God loved us. Yeah. You know, so, so he, loves the, he, love, he loves the righteous man. He also loves the sinner. Bible even says that he, he makes the sun shine and the rain fall on both the sinner and then the righteous. So as children of God, in our demonstration of love, we should not be biased. It is true that we have a strong affinity towards people who love God. It is true that we have affinity towards the brotherhood. It is true that I would definitely want to mingle with Pastor Randin that maybe mingle with a worldly person. It is true. That is nature. But God does not want us to be polarized. All God God wants to see in us is that just as his love for us is unbiased, just as he loves the righteous, just as he loves the sinner, he is also expecting that as much as we love the brotherhood, as much as we love our Christian brothers and sisters, we should also demonstrate this practical love to the world. That is how we can win them. You know, when Jesus was, you know, giving the great commission, he said that go out, you know, and then make disciples of all nations. He didn't, he didn't say of, of, of the Jews. He didn't say of, of, of America. He didn't say of, of Ghana. You know, of all nations. All people. Whether Greek, whether Jew, whether barbarian, whether Gentile. Everyone. God, Bible says that he does not want the death of the sinner. It is his will that everyone will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is the kind of ministry he wants us to render. So that is how we can reach the world with the love of God. When we walk the talk. And, and, and for, 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 for our talk to be effective, we also have to walk. We also have to walk. And that is how people will come to Christ. So it, it is my prayer that, that God will help us to love even as he has loved us. It doesn't matter the religion, it doesn't matter the race, it doesn't matter the ideology, it doesn't matter the gender, whether transgender, whether straight, whether that. We, we don't like the act, but God wants to save these people. Let us minister to them. Let us tell them about the love of God. You know? and, and that is how we reach our world. Talking has been going on for so many years. It is now time we act and add the work to make the testimony of Christ in our life complete and effective. So tonight, this is the word of God to us. As we celebrate love, as we, we are in the month of love, it's just a reminder that let us love one another. And even as we love one another, we are actually, you know, practicalizing Christ. We are actually ministering Christ, you know, in, 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 in a quiet way. In a quiet way. You might not have even mentioned the name of Jesus. But you see, the person goes home and thinks and says, who is this person? What does this person believe in? I think I have, to, I have to go and then believe in that thing too. And that is how we win our world. So I pray that God helps us to love our world. God help us to be able to demonstrate practical ministry to people. When we can, we help. When we cannot, we leave it to God. And God will actually take control 
And I believe that even as we do all these things, signs and wonders will also back our ministry. You know, signs and wonders will also back our ministry. And that is where, when we even lay hands on the sick and pray for them, God will be at work and he's going to help. You know, when people have issues and then they bring it to us, and even we are not able to, you know, help them physically, but then spiritually we can also, you know, remember them in our clothes and in our prayers. God knows our hearts. God listens to our prayers. And God vindicates us. He shows himself so strong in the life of people. And they see that indeed the God we serve is the true God. That is the only difference we know we can make. And it is my prayer that God helps us. So tonight, this is God's word for us. Reaching our world with the love of God. I believe that because he has told us, he knows that we can do it by the help of the Holy Spirit. So may the Holy Spirit help us, even in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Shall we bow down our heads for a prayer? We thank you, Lord, and give you all the glory tonight. We give you all the praise, O oh God, for knowing us and loving us and calling us. And we thank you for making us a repository of your love. It is our prayer that give us the grace, give us the strength. By the help of the Holy Spirit, let us be able to love our world. Let us be able to demonstrate practical ministry, O oh God, unto people around us. Even through our walk of the things that we see. May we be able to win others unto you, Christ Jesus. We commit, O oh God, our hearts and our minds and our souls unto you, O oh God. Everywhere we struggle, everywhere we find it difficult to stand firm as children of God, to even demonstrate and be able to practicalize this word. It is our prayer that you help us. Help us in our weaknesses, O oh Holy Spirit. And let us be able to, O oh God, reach out to our world. Let our lives be able to, you know, draw many, O oh God, unto you. And let it be said unto us that indeed we have acted on your word, and your word has blessed the world. We bless your name and we give you all the praise. Even as we go home, we commit our hearts, minds and soul to you, O God. It's our prayer that the Holy Spirit will brood over us. The Holy Spirit will bring unto remembrance everything we have heard tonight. Let us be able to practicalize it. If there be anyone who is sick here, O God, we pray for healing. We pray that you touch, you heal from the crowns of the head to the sole of the feet. It's our prayer that, O God, we hear testimonies of your healing. That all glory and honor will be given unto your name. We bless you tonight for visiting us even in a special way. We worship you and honor your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If anyone needs prayer. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 692 4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.